Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to my show. I'm Daisy Cousins, and I am thrilled to be right here on ADH-TV every week, two nights a week. And on this show, I'll be bringing you an insight into people who I think are some of the most interesting individuals on the planet, not just for their diverse viewpoints, but for their fascinating personal stories. And my wonderful guest this evening is most certainly no exception. But first, a mention of a story I saw this week that just tickled me pink in all the worst possible ways. As many of you will already know, beloved author, Harry Potter creator, and women's rights campaigner J.K. Rowling has been under attack from the woke leftist trans activist lobby since 2020 for her views on biological sex. That is, like all sensible people, J.K. Rowling believes biological sex is real, that it matters, and that it must be recognized in order to maintain women's privacy and safety and ensure fairness in women's sports. Now, this is not a radical or hateful position. It's simply one based in reality. And as she explained, J.K. Rowling holds this position because she has been a victim of domestic violence and understands the physical advantage that men have over women, hence the need for female-only spaces. But regardless, J.K. Rowling has been subject to some of the most vicious regressive leftist attacks I have ever observed, from relentless online trolling to death threats. And this, coming from people who pride themselves on being tolerant, empathetic, and compassionate, the supposed defenders of the downtrodden. Now, while the 2020 Führer has died down somewhat, there are still attempts that come to light here and there to unperson J.K. Rowling as part of a bizarre attempt to pretend that Harry Potter doesn't have an author. Several months ago, this culminated in a woke trans bookbinder going viral on TikTok for rebinding old Harry Potter books to include no reference to J.K. Rowling on the cover or title pages. Hello, welcome back to the Harry Potter Rebind series. If you're new here, my name's Lore, I'm a trans artist and bookbinder, and I rebind Harry Potter books without J.K. Rowling's name on them, because fuck her. And this week, it was reported the Seattle Museum of Popular Culture, aka Mopop, removed all references to and likenesses of J.K. Rowling from their Harry Potter exhibit. This was accompanied by a blog post on the Mopop website containing this truly baffling hyperbolic bit of rhetoric. There's a certain cold, heartless, joy-sucking entity in the world of Harry Potter, and this time it is not actually a Dementor. 
We would love to go with the internet theory that these books were actually written without an author, but this certain person is a bit too vocal with her super hateful and divisive views to be ignored. Yes, we're talking about J.K. Rowling. And no, we don't like that we're giving her more publicity, so that's the last you'll see of her name in this post. We'll just stick with you-know-who, because they're close enough in character. Her transphobic viewpoints are front and centre these days, but we can't forget all the other ways that she's problematic. The supportive anti-Semitic creators, the racial stereotypes that she used while creating characters, the incredibly white wizarding world, the fat-shaming, the lack of LGBTQIA representation, the super-chill outlook on the bigotry and othering of those that don't fit into the standard wizarding world, and so much more. You know who being, of course, the Harry Potter series psychopathic genocidal villain, Lord Voldemort. Now, this hysterical criticism and abuse of specifically women like J.K. Rowling, who hold out the truth that a woman is an adult human female and therefore female spaces and categories must be recognized and maintained, is quite unique in nature. My guest this evening is certainly no stranger to it, herself being not only a pioneer for women's sex-based rights, but also a defender of the rights of lesbians, who face increasing pressure from the LGBT lobby to have relationships with trans women, that is, males, who identify as women but call themselves lesbians. She is a YouTuber and cultural commentator extraordinaire with an international fan base, and she's also somebody I am very, very fond of. She is the one, the only, the brilliantly luminous Ariel Scarcella. Ariel, my dear, thank you so much for joining me this evening. How are you? I'm Fantastic. That was a very good intro, both for JK and for me. That's that's like my claim. My actual claim to fame is that she follows me on Twitter and knows who I am. Like not the fact that I make videos that, that help women and touch lives. It's the fact that she follows me on Twitter. I am so jealous. Like, I, I love yeah. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. No, I'm obsessed too. I, I've, I've, I've been obsessed with her since I was a child and I've, I've been defending her forever. So I'm very jealous that she yep. follows you on Twitter. <laughs> now, look, I have to get your thoughts on this latest JK Rowling unpersoning. I mean, can you believe this conduct from the Seattle Museum of Popular Culture? I can because it's Seattle. Mm. <laughs> what, what, what bothers me more than anything is that it's a museum so it's clearly about it, it's 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 supposed to be a museum documenting history, but it's erasing history. It's rewriting history. It's if it's an art museum in any sense of the word. Isn't art supposed to be about the idea of freedom of expression, freedom of speech, freedom of thoughts? And it's it's like a, it's like a it's like a modern day. It, I mean, it literally is a modern day book burning in a sense. Mm. Or maybe maybe a, co a cover burning. <laughs> <laughs> well, a yes, exactly. Burning of, you know, it, it's it's insane. I, I don't know how we got here when liberalism used to be the opposite of everything it is today. 
Mm, yes, it's pretty extraordinary. But as you say, it's not surprising because it is Seattle. They are so completely woke there. Um, but Ariel, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. The extraordinary thing about this is, is, like I said, there is a unique hatred, isn't there, for women, adult human females, who speak out on these issues. Because um, as further down in this blog post, it says that they've, in their sort of um, museum of, of fantasy or whatever, they, where they've taken J.K. Rowling's likeness out, they said there are actually a lot of individuals in there who have shady personal histories. So they've left all those other people who have shady personal histories, but why is J.K. Rowling somehow so evil that she's the one who has to have her likeness pulled? I think there's a number of reasons. I think one, because she's outspoken, one, because she's a woman, or two, because she's a woman, and three, because mm. she's wealthy. And I think a lot of modern day leftists hate people just because they have money, no matter how they accumulated that money, right? This, this is a woman that, like you said, survived a domestic you know, abusive relationship and came out clean, so to speak, on the other side and made something of herself, inspired millions of kids and just because she made money off of doing that is somehow deemed a bad person all of a sudden. It's, it's just ridiculous. It's almost like we're preaching for people to stay victims. We're preaching for people to stay oppressed. I mean, it, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. That that's, what, that's what leftist ideology is doing now, though. Well, yeah, I mean, as the saying goes, leftism is the politics of envy. And, and certainly J.K. Rowling, there are so many people um, who are so jealous of her and jealous of her success. And, and that's why, one of the reasons anyway, that there is this... Um, dreadful attitude about her. And the, the thing about J.K. Rowling, as we know, is that unlike all these trolls who go at her, she puts her money where her mouth is. I mean, a few years ago, as I'm sure you know, she took herself off, I think it was one of the Forbes list of billionaires, because she gave so much money so to much charity. Money yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think she's the only billionaire ever that strictly became that wealthy off of creating books, uh, off of writing books, not off of taking advantage of people, uh, off of being a schemer, so to speak, just not, not off of, you know, being a, a war enthusiast and, and drilling oil in other countries and stuff like that. Not mm. that any of that isn't maybe necessarily bad, but like she's the one person that just wrote a book, mm. wrote a bunch of books, wrote eight books, and she's a billionaire and she's, a, she's brilliant and people will still find a reason to hate on her. It's just, it's just really sad. And I think a big part of it is because she's pro females, pro women's rights. And that's not, it's just not the cool talking point at the moment, unfortunately. Mm. I mean, I have such admiration for her, but you know, speaking of, um, mm -hmm. speaking of those, those crazy people and copying abuse and things like that. I mean, you've been a YouTuber and a cultural commentator for a long time now. Um, you have an incredibly popular channel. You've got over 700,000 subscribers. I think, um, at last count, you've got a massive Twitter following. Um, but a few years ago, you made a very, very widely viewed video back in 2020 about why you yes. left the insane progressive left, you know, because you, as you're a true liberal, as you've said in the past, you always identified with the left, not with conservatives. Um, I'd just like to take a right. little bit of a look at that video now, just for the viewers to have a quick squiz. I'm not one of them. Hi. 
I'm Arielle. I'm a lesbian. And I don't think gender is a social construct. I don't think cis straight white men are evil. I don't believe that genital preferences are transphobic or that there are 97 genders. I don't think that male sex offenders belong in women's prisons. I don't think it's normal for people to be praised for walking around with shirts that say kill turfs. I don't think like these people and I no longer want to be associated with them. I've reached peak LGBT. This is my coming out video. Never in my life have I been more canceled, tortured, tormented, harassed than by members of my own community. Never have I witnessed literal mentally ill individuals who are latching themselves onto the LGBT community without actually being LGBT for the sake of oppression points, external validation, and sympathy. Never have I seen such disrespect from younger LGBT people to the older lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender advocates who have been paving the way for us for longer than we've all been alive. I mean, wow, that was the most incredibly courageous video to make. I, I can't even imagine the backlash you got. And the thing is, you're, you're not the only person who's felt the need to just totally disassociate themselves from the left in the last few years. I mean, I think the walk away movement, for instance, that was started by Brandon Stracker against the Democratic Party is just one example. Mm -hmm. Tell me, right. what was it that finally pushed you to make that decision and make that video? Was it a particular event, something you saw? What was it that got you to that point? It, it, it was a very interesting uh, thing that happened. I was, I, I was fighting with leftists like my whole career, pretty much. Mm. <laughs> like I would always say something that would piss people off. I'm from Brooklyn. I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm very honest and very blunt. And I, I constantly, I, I pretty much would always be on edge with them. So I guess I wasn't always as much of a leftist as I thought anyway, but it got to the point where I knew I needed to dissociate from the group as a whole. I went, believe it or not, to a sex convention. So very <laughs> liberal, very liberal, right? I went to a sex convention in Vegas cause I was still doing videos about sexuality. And I met up with a friend, Tara Babcock, and she's like, oh my God, I'm so glad that you're normal and that you're not crazy because I saw, you know, uh, the gay flag and feminist or whatever I had or women empowerment or something in your Twitter bio. And I was like scared to meet you in person. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I can't even have, like they stole, they stole leftists from us. They stole the gay flag from us. It, like it, the, the idea of safe space is no longer a safe space. I said, I have to distinguish myself from these people. It doesn't mean that I'm changing my views. It means I'm making sure people know this is where I stand. And honestly, I didn't know how it was going to go. I really didn't. In fact, that same year, right before I posted that video, I came to your crazy country. <laughs> and the people, the people in your country, well, if you, not the people, but there was a good thousand people that signed a petition to not allow me to even visit Australia. Mm. I, was, I was flying into Sydney for Mardi Gras in 2019, I think it was. And they did not want me there. They were not happy about it. They signed a petition that got like 3,000 3, signatures. I was like, damn, that's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> I was like, these people hate me that much and they view me as that much of a threat. They don't even want me to like step foot on their land. I said, okay. But, and then, you know, a few days later I came out with the video and I was already in their country. So it was kind of like a middle finger, but <laughs> you know, I didn't, it really was, right? I, I didn't know how it was going to go. The truth, I, I really didn't. I, I, had, I had exactly two friends that I knew that would be there for me no matter what. And that was Sydney Watson and Tim Poole. Mm -hmm. I sent them my video script and I said, this is what it's going to be. What do you think? And they, you know, they made a little change here and there. And they said, we're supporting you. We're here for you. 
two actual liberals. Sydney probably is more a little more conservative, but Tim Pool's definitely a traditional liberal. And the rest is history. I, I just mm. kept speaking out like I always have. I, I'm not, I, I feel like I'm not the one that changed. Mm. And I know a lot of people will say that. They'll say I'm a grifter. They'll say all these things. Oh, well, once it became unpopular for her to support trans people or something or the trans ideal. No, it's like, there's a line. Once they pass that line, that was the line that I drew for myself. What makes sense to me? I'm not going to support that. Mm. I'll talk about it because I disagree with it. Or I'll critique it, but I'm not going to go along with it just because it's what leftists believe. If it's not what I believe, I'm going to speak out about it. And I have a little sticker here right now. And this is pretty much where I'm at these days. I feel like I'm <laughs> fairly libertarian. I, I'm like a sticker fiend. I have all these stickers that I use when I post on Instagram just because it's fun. But I feel like I'm fairly libertarian. It's just that libertarianism now is 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 considered like far right. It, it's just insane, which mm. is the opposite of what actual liberalism means in the first place. If, the, if these leftists are claiming to be liberal, it's it's they're they're very very. Mm. I don't even know. Very uneducated, maybe. Yeah. On the term, on the terminology, but they like changing definitions every five minutes anyway. So. Oh, they Who's do. Surprised, not me. They do. They're all. They're always changing the definition of words and shifting goalposts. And look, as an Australian, I mean, I I find that. Um, bastardization, bastardization of the word liberal to be so irritating um, because that's unique to it's America. It. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's the it's that's <laughs> unique to America. I mean, our supposedly conservative party in Australia is called the Liberal Party because we take the word literally like a classical liberal. You know, like someone who believes right. in freedom and individualism, all the things that you believe right. in, for instance. So that right. cultural American left I, I, is is so powerful and so irritating. Um, and I remember when that happened, when the, when the Mardi Gras incident happened, and I think that's what um, drew me to you. I think I made a video that's about it. That's how you it. found me. That's how I found that's you. That's how you found me, and that's how I found you. Yeah, that's how I yeah, found yeah. You. yeah. I, I remember, remember that. Yeah, was, I was like, this girl knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy. That. And then we finally met in person like a year and a half, two years later, which, which made me even more happy. Oh, me too. No, it was so fantastic. Um, it was fate. I mean, it was so fantastic to finally connect with you, and I, I was just so admiring of you. And the, the thing about that event at Mardi Gras that you were doing, um, I think it was called Les Talk, wasn't it? And it was the yes. only lesbian event. Only. The only lesbian yes, event. The only one at Mardi Gras. And because mm -hmm. a few activists, well, a number of them screamed at the organizers, yep. they pulled the yep. only lesbian event. And I have always noticed in the LGBT community Lesbians get a really raw deal. They are, it's not spoken, but they are very much at the bottom of the token pole. Um, they get paid yep. out. Um, you know, teenage girls who are probably lesbians are convinced by ideologues that they're, they're trans. Um, yep. There's a real yep. hatred of lesbians there. Why is that, do you it's think? Unfortunate. <sighs> I think it's a number of different things combined into one. I think... I, th I think it's easier to hate women. I think most people do hate women um, secretly, I would say. I think people are very open about hating men. They're very mm. discreet about hating women. Mm. And I think that the majority of, of women are more likely to be manipulated, are more likely to join cults, are more likely even if they don't know it's a cult, of course, they're more likely to 
feel like they need a place, a sense of, of uh, community, and they're more likely to join these very niche groups that are hating, hating on actual biological women that are just existing in the world as women. Um, most of these kids, I mean, I'm trying to think how to say this. <laughs> if you look at the whole non-binary debate, right? You look at the whole non-binary debate. Do you know anyone that's born male that identifies as non-binary that does anything else other than just simply change the way they dress and wear makeup? Mm-hmm. Nope. I've never, I personally have never met a, a non-binary person that was male that either had bottom surgery, that had top surgery, that had facial feminization surgery. Nope. So why is it always when, when someone identifies as non-binary and they're born female, mm-hmm. they feel it's necessary to change their body, mm. to match their gender? So there is an extreme hate towards women in society. It's just disguised as progressive behavior or pro- progressive ideals. And it's, yeah, it, I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate. It's, it, to me, it's so obvious. And it's even more obvious when you're a lesbian because you're a woman, a woman that loves women mm. or that is attracted to women, romantically attracted to women. They just hate you even more for that reason. Mm. It's. Uh, I mean, I find it so fascinating and so sad. And it, it's interesting that you mention how hatred of women nowadays is discreet and disguised as progressivism. Um, I have been saying that for years, and it is this strange sort of negation and projection on the left, isn't it? They always accuse their opposition of being guilty of what they themselves are guilty of. So they'll accuse, say, conservatives and Trump supporters of being misogynists and hating women. They'll, um, you know, they'll call conservative women, you know, boy sucks and bootlickers of the patriarchy and, and grifters like, like you know, you and I get, mm-hmm. for instance. But yeah. their own ideology is so anti-women, isn't it? Not only because of the trans ideology, which I think is sort of the logical conclusion of, you know, what's called the patriarchy, is women fight for these rights right. for years and years and years, and then males come in and, and eclipse them. It's like sort of the just a, a nasty little circle, if you will. But feminism yeah. generally, particularly third and fourth wave feminism, which became more about equality of outcome as opposed to equality of opportunity, that is so anti-women right. because it treat it tells women that they are victims and that they will inherently be disadvantaged by a thing they can't help, which is their gender, no matter how talented they are or how vivacious or how hard they work. But they, they dress work. that yeah. up as pro-women. How do they get away with doing that? The same way they get away with doing it with, with the black community and with the, with the people of color community, I think it's so easy to tell someone that everything that's wrong in your life isn't your fault. It's that simple. It's that simple of a manipulation gaslighting tactic. I don't even know if it's gaslighting. It's definitely a manipulation tactic. It's that it's, it is, it is really, it's really easy to, to tell someone, listen, every, everything's not your fault, but don't worry. The government's here to help. Mm. So like, I, I'm like, I'm good. Like when I grew up, I played sports against old boys. I always use this example because this was an example that I, that I experienced. My dad never told me, listen, you're a girl. You can't do this. He said, you're a girl. You have to do this. Mm. That, that was how, how my dad treated it. He, like, he, he acted like it was part of my destiny to make a name for myself for women. Mm. And that's exactly what I did. 
I made sure I was the only girl on the team. Not that I could help it. I was just, I happened to be the only girl on the team, but I made sure that I was okay with being the only girl on the boys team. Mm. And all the boys respected me for it even more, you know? Although I was like misgendered constantly by their parents because, you know, you have a helmet and stuff on. They can't see that I'm a girl. (laughs) And I never (laughs) once got triggered. It's like, okay, I know I look like a boy. I'm in, you know, boy sports, but whatever. But it's it's very easy to 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 tell people that that everything that's going on in the world or in their life is is somebody else's because of somebody else's issues. Yeah, it's it's the easiest game in the world. And that's what it comes down to. And Mm. when you tell someone that it's the world's fault and the only thing that can cure the world of its of its evilness is is people in charge and the government when that's kind of what caused the issues in the first place. Yeah. You know, it's just ridiculous that people are still believing of it. But honestly, a lot of people, a lot of people are waking up, you know, the black community has Blexit, the LGBT, LGBT, uh, LGBT community has, you know, the walk away movement, even a lot of Asians and a lot of Jewish Hasidic Jewish people voted Republican in the last election or two. It really, really is. The tides really are turning very, very slowly, but also it's, it's happening faster and faster. It's a snowball effect. I, I feel, I really, and with the Trump indictments and stuff, I feel like people are waking up even more. Mm, yeah, I, I, that is so heartening um, to hear. You know, it's, it's, it's like people are, are really kind of coming into their own um, and it's good to see. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the black community in, in America, for instance, you know, as, as an example of, you know, they do the same thing to black people as they do to women. Like race is such a polarizing yep. issue in the USA, much more so than it is in Australia. We have contingents of people in Australia trying to make race uh, as big as an issue as it is in the US. US, but it's yeah. just not. Um, thankfully, this is another projection thing. I notice leftists are always saying we want the best for black people. You know, we want them to be successful. But think about it. If the black community in America didn't feel marginalized and wasn't disadvantaged in some communities, they wouldn't vote Democrat. They would vote Republican. So really, it's in the best interests of Democrats to keep black communities maligned and oppressed, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and that's why, I mean, there are so similar, there's so many similarities between, I, I'm going to say it, the marketing campaign of the Democrats towards black people. It, it's very similar to towards gay people. It's saying you are oppressed. We're the only ones that are here for you. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And when, when they're constantly told that over and over, they start to believe it. When you tell a lie over and over, it starts to become the truth. And it's unfortunate because there are at least a lot of the black people that I know and a lot and, and even more so a lot of the Puerto Rican people, because I'm, I'm in New York right now. A lot of my friends are, are uh, Puerto Rican, Dominican. A lot of them are voting Republican. Yeah. A lot of them come here to make to make something of themselves. There are a lot of business owners. Um, and for some reason, I don't know what it is about their culture, but oh, there's also a lot of Hispanic cops. Mm. Like the majority of police officers are Hispanic for some reason in New York City or black, to be honest. I don't know what it is. Maybe just because my whites are the minority here now. But I think it's a culture thing. It's like the machismo. They were the protectors. I don't know. Mm. But more people that are Hispanic or people of color. I hate that term. But more pe- more people of color are waking up to the nonsense than people think. They just won't say it out loud. That is Absolutely fantastic to know. And look, finally, Ariel, before we wrap it up, just quickly tell me, you've got an election coming up. You've supported Donald Trump in the past. If he's the nominee, do you think you'll support him again? Yes, absolutely. I I think 
I, I do like Ron DeSantis. If he, if, if I mean, I don't know who's going to be the nominee. I don't think DeSantis could pull it off personally. I think Trump can pull it off. I think Trump just needs to stay quiet and keep doing what he does best and, mm. and show that he's a man for the people and, and he's for Americans. DeSantis with that whole anti-gay campaign thing, yeah. it just threw me for a loop because I know it's not true. I know he's actually not homophobic. I have a friend that works for him and is a lesbian and has a, a flag, a gay flag and an American flag on her desk every day. Oh, wow. So the fact, yeah, the fact that he lied just to appease a very small fraction of Republicans just pissed me off. I understand why he did it, but it's just like, eh. Um, plus, I like him being the governor of, of, of my, my home state when I'm, you know, in Florida for the winter. Well, exactly. And I would much rather have yeah, I'd much rather have him as a governor than as a president. I feel like we need Trump and DeSantis can come in the next like six, seven years or something. I think I <laughs> let, him, I, let him have his time. He's young. He's young. He's very young. And I, I think I totally agree yeah, with you. Arios Garcella, you are absolutely magical. I am so thrilled that you came on the show today. Everyone, please do yourselves a favor and type Arielle Scarcella into YouTube. Subscribe to her YouTube channel. You will love her. Arielle, God bless, and I hope we see you again soon. I love you. I love you too. Well, that's all we have time for this evening. How fabulous to host my lovely friend, Ariel Scarcella, and I can't wait to bring you more wonderfully fascinating people each week. Good night, world. I'll see you next time.